0: Welcome to the Modern Mamas podcast. We're two Modern Mamas with a goal to inspire empowerment, self-love, deep physical and spiritual nourishment, holistic health, and joy, no matter your journey, gender, or perspective. I'm Laura of Radical Roots. I'm a certified CrossFit trainer, certified nutrition consultant, and mama to Evie Wilder. And I'm Jess of Holden Space Wellness. I am a level one CrossFit trainer, a licensed and certified athletic trainer with a master's in kinesiology, and mama to Bear and Camille. Please note that while we're here to provide advice and insights, we aren't medical practitioners and always recommend that you check with a trusted provider before implementing any changes. Thanks for joining us. We are so happy you're here. Hi friends, Laura here with some exciting news. Four Sigmatic has come on as a Modern Mamas podcast sponsor. We are so excited. If you've been following along With my Instagram stories especially, you've seen that I use this stuff every single morning. The Lion's Mane Elixir is my absolute favorite. I add it to my boosted coffee for an extra boost of brain clarity, productivity, and focus that I genuinely did not experience until I started adding this in every day. They also make other elixirs like Reishi for calming, Cordyceps for an energy boost, and Chaga for an immune boost. Along with those elixirs, they also have really cool blends. I love the lion's mane and coffee blend when I travel because I don't have to worry about getting my hands and lips on high quality coffee. I have it ready to go. All you need is hot water, you mix in the blend, and you're set. They have caffeine caffeine-free options as well, like a chai latte and a turmeric latte for gut health and skin glow, and all they have all kinds of incredible blends. I cannot recommend enough that you go check out their website, find whatever mushroom blend is, is going to fit with your lifestyle, and give it a try. The awesome folks at Four Sigmatic have offered our listeners, you guys are special, you get 15% off any order. If you go to foursigmatic.com forward slash modern mamas, or simply type in modern mamas, all lower case, all one word at checkout, you get 50% off. Check it out, see what fits your life and happy shrooming. (laughs) Hi guys, Laura here with another episode of the Modern Mamas podcast. I can't tell you how thrilled I am with our guest today. I've been following her for, I want to say years now, listening to her on (laughs) multiple podcasts and just in awe of the fact that she lives not too far from me. In awe of how she runs her practice. So today on the podcast, we have Elisa Song, who is a holistic mama and doctor. She is a holistic pediatrician, pediatric functional medicine expert, and a mama to two crazy fun kids who we were just talking about before we started recording. Yeah. In, her, in her integrative pedi- pediatric practice, Whole Family Wellness, which you can find at www.wholefamilywellness.org, she's helped thousands of kids get to the root causes of their health concerns and helped their parents understand how to help their children thrive mind, body, and spirit, which you guys know is huge for us here on this podcast by integrating conventional pediatrics with functional medicine, homeopathy, acupuncture, herbal medicine, and essential oils. These health concerns have ranged from frequent colds, ear infections, asthma, and eczema to autism, ADHD, anxiety, depression, and autoimmune illnesses. Dr. Song is the host of the Thriving Child Summit which you can find at www.thrivingchildsummit.com, a life-changing event for parents to learn how to help their children thrive. Dr. Song created Healthy Kids, Happy Kids to share her advice and adventures as a holistic pediatrician and mama. And I've loved following that on Instagram. It's just constant. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's so incredible. Um, And now everyone can have their very own virtual holistic pediatrician. You can follow her blog at Healthy Kids, Happy Kids, which I visited many times. It's (laughs) healthykidshappykids.com and get even more tips and inspiration from her on Facebook, um, and which you can find at Doctor. It's a Doctor. Elisa Song MD. Right, that's the page.
1: Yep, that and, is. Yeah.
0: Instagram, as I mentioned before, is um, happy, Healthy Kids underscore Happy Kids, and we'll link to all that in the show notes. So thank you so much, Doctor. Elisa, for coming on today. We're so excited to have you here.
1: Oh yeah, I, I love spreading the word to holistic mamas that you know this is truly the right way to go, <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and we can we can do it with the right guidance and with the right knowledge and the right confidence.
0: I love it so much. It makes me so happy because your, your work, the work you're putting out is changing not only children's lives, but like not only our generation of kids, But also future generations because by you doing the work that you're doing, it's allowing for more and more people to learn and parents will learn and then their children will grow up with that being the norm and then they'll introduce that to their own children's lives and then we can start talking about epigenetics and how the way that our kids are being born now is going to affect the way their kids are being born and I just – I see the leaps and bounds like my child versus – myself as a child and how much healthier she is. And then I only imagine her kids. And so it gives me goosebumps really to think about. (laughs)
1: That's (laughs) right. I mean, and I love that you said that this will be the new norm, Mm -hmm. right? Because it used to be normal that our kids were healthy and now it's normal that our kids have something, right? Right. Like a little eczema or a little reflux or they're constipated or they get a lot of earaches, right? Mm -hmm. And that, that really should not be what people call our new normal. So, uh, yes. yes, my goal is to have the normal be that kids are thriving and healthy oh, and that I they that they learn mm-hmm. that they are empowered to do that for themselves, right? It's not just us as moms saying, you got to eat your vegetables. Like they know, okay, if I make these great choices, I'm going to feel awesome.
0: Yes, and we talk about body wisdom on this podcast a lot and how we are born with an innate understanding of what our bodies need to thrive. And we that mm-hmm. that's like learned out of us through – Basically, what society tells us is food, yep. and I yep. watch my kid like gobble down liver organ complex pill that she just like the actual powder and eat sardines and all these things that most people would scoff at. But for her, that's that's she's more likely to eat an egg yolk if there's organ complex sprinkled on it. So it's like yeah. our bodies know to eat those things. So where along the line did we lose that? Um, and so I'm so excited that you are kind of just turning things on their head and getting that, like you said getting back to normalcy because <laughs> right yeah, now the, the standard quo is not normal. Well, maybe it's, yeah. it's common, but it's not normal.
1: That's right. That's right. Awesome.
0: Okay. Well, can you share a little bit? So to you guys today, what we're going to talk about, if you can't already tell is um, basically the, the overarching concept is going to be raising healthy, happy kids. And so what I would love to know is a little bit more about your story and how you got to where you are now, because you are an MD, which means you went through the similar, if not the same education as most doctors who are doing things, Mm -hmm. according to the status quo. So tell us a little bit about where you, how you got to where you are and um, how you found this passion and your, the need, I guess, the calling to share it with the world.
1: Yeah. You know, I come from a very conventional background. My mother was an OBGYN and, you know, I mean, we didn't have anything natural growing up except for maybe, you know, my grandmother with the occasional, you know, Korean home remedies, right? Like the teas that she would make me drink. <laughs> but, you know, I, it was not part of my upbringing. And so when I went to college, I actually came out all the way. I'm, I'm a, I'm a Jersey girl. I came out to California for, um, undergraduate. and, uh, and I was at Stanford and as an undergrad, thinking about med school, I stumbled upon this conference at the Santa Clara Convention Center, and I thought, well, let me check it out. And it was one of the very first conferences of the American Holistic Medical Association. And this was a long time ago. <laughs> this was, uh, gosh, like in 89, maybe. <laughs> <All right. laughs> and yeah, and it was, you know, I mean, some of these, the speakers there were hardly known. And they were speakers like, Deepak Chopra and Andrew Weil, right? And they wow. blew my mind. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is what I want to do. And so I actually at that point thought about applying to naturopathic school, which now many people have heard of naturopathic doctors. And uh, I know Ben Lynch was on the show and he's a naturopathic doctor, but back then nobody knew what an ND was. And certainly my family didn't. So I went the traditional medical school route, okay. um, but always had in mind that I wanted to just do something a little bit more holistic. I always knew I wanted to be a pediatrician though. I mean, kids are my passion and working with, kids and and watching them grow is, is, you know, brings me such joy. Um, But I didn't come to this work because I was sick or because one of my kids was sick, knock on wood, or a family member was sick. I mean, that's how many conventional doctors come to find natural medicine and nutrition and functional medicine. Um, It really, you know, just kind of came to me and I was looking for it because in medical school and residency at UCSF, I mean, every year I just saw kids getting sicker and sicker with all these chronic illnesses. Um, You know, autoimmune illness was starting to skyrocket. And it's insane how many kids now have autoimmune illness. Eczema is now considered an autoimmune illness. And we were just putting Band-Aids on the symptoms, you know, lathering steroids on the skin, giving, you know, Tylenol. I know one of your speakers had a question about Tylenol. Tylenol, you know, for fevers and, you know, really heavy-duty drugs for autoimmune illnesses um, and really not helping kids. Uh, at the other end, be healthy and thriving. And so, you know, that's where immediately after residency, I, I just decided I'm going to choose a different route. And I studied food as medicine and got introduced to Mark Hyman and all of these incredible functional medicine practitioners. And and that's how I started my practice. I mean, this is always how I wanted to practice and, and I wouldn't practice any other way. But it's really, it, there, there's a time and a place for everything. And I tell families, you know what? It's, it doesn't have to be an either or. We need the conventional medicines at times, not nearly as often as many people think we do, um, but they can be lifesavers. But in the meantime, we have this whole other simmering chronic you know, disease that's going on with our kids, and those life-saving measures aren't going to do a thing. What we need is to kind of get from the bottom up and, and really help our kids be incredibly healthy and vibrant from the inside out.
0: I love that. I'm like sitting here taking notes with all the already. (laughs) Um, I love it. I think that's that's amazing. It's such a good perspective to have. Like, I love the metaphor of the bandaid versus you know we can we can put a bandaid on, but then if we keep scratching off the scab, then things are not actually going to get better. So when we talk about more holistic approach, that's like. Like you said, mind, body, spirit, taking the whole picture, the whole body, the whole mind. And it's so much more than that. And I myself dealt with chronic pain for multiple years. And I was basically told like, ah, it's it's mostly in your head and- we have no fix for this. And, you know, it, I had to really like reroute my whole health journey. And same thing with my fertility. I didn't have a period for six years and Western medicine yeah. doctors, like the typical OB would run my blood work and say, you're fine. I don't know why you don't have a period. And I was like, well, <laughs> I don't, you <laughs> know, right. so I love it. And so I think that starting as, you know, as a pediatrician, you have such a power and such an opportunity. And it's just for me, it's I have goosebumps thinking about all the lives you'll touch. So thank you for doing the work that you do. And oh,
1: thank you. <laughs>
0: it sounds like you were like born to do this called to do this um, without needing some giant catalyst or health, you know, yeah, health, health I, issue, yeah. which I think is so cool.
1: I mean, to see kids, you know, to reverse their illnesses, mm-hmm. or, you know, if you see this long string of, of chronic illness, cancers, autoimmune illness, mental health illness in families, and parents are just, you know, terrified that their kids are going to, you know, have the same fate mm-hmm. and be able to help prevent that. I mean, there's, there's nothing better than that. Yeah. You know, getting a child, you know, off of their... Um, ADHD meds or helping them through their anxiety without needing meds or getting, you know, healing their asthma, getting them off of their steroid inhalers. I mean, is it always possible? No. But using this integrative approach, we can get our kids so much closer Mm -hmm. to optimal health.
0: I love it. And I love you have a, um, a really incredible ebook, which is five steps to a healthy, happy child. And I thought it could be kind of cool if we, I don't know if you want to briefly go over those five steps and then we'll also link to the ebook in um, the show notes. People can go and get this for themselves. And I think it's such a valuable resource and it's so incredible that you're giving it out for free. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. Well, so, you know, really when I try to think about how do we keep our kids healthy, right? Because prevention is golden. And if we can ensure that our kids start off in life and continue through their lives with the best chance possible for having a healthy, happy life, then we can prevent all sorts of chronic illnesses. You know, it's just, you had mentioned epigenetics. We, all of us, every single one of us, has genetic snips, these little tiny variations in our genes that put us more at risk for a variety of chronic illnesses. But those never have to happen. Our genes are not set in stone. It's what we put into our bodies, the air we breathe, the water we drink, the food we're eating, even the thoughts we're having, right? Our emotional stress, all of those can turn our genes on or off in appropriate ways or inappropriate ways. So, and we have that control. We can do that, right? So, you know, with these five steps, these are just kind of five general steps, but if we let those be our guiding principles, then we can keep our kids incredibly healthy. And then when they do get sick, because there are so many kids with chronic illness already, and I know there are mamas who are listening where their kids already have really severe eczema, or they've already been in and out of the ER for asthma, or they already have signs of ADHD or anxiety, or maybe juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. But even at that point, we can follow these steps and and get back on the right track. It's never too late. Um, but you know the first step in thinking about how to get a kid as healthy as possible is to get in all the right ingredients, right? And you want to think about your child's body as you know. Well, most of us, right, when we pull up to the gas station, you never think but to put the highest grade in your car, right? <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna put exactly. the best premium gasoline in your car, and you would never think to put in the lower grade, right? Because you want your car to run smoothly. Well, we need to think about what we're putting into our children's bodies as really the you know our bodies are the most precious, precious you know vesicle right that that we want to just fill in the most nourishing ingredients and so we don't want to skimp on that and so when we look at what we're putting to our kids' bodies, as much as possible, you know, having whole unprocessed um, foods, getting rid of those artificial flavors, preservatives, and colors, especially if your kids have attention problems or behavioral problems or sensory problems. Then those artificial things have to come out because there are many, many studies confirming that they can cause significant behavioral and attention problems. And in fact in the UK, in fact in in actually all of the European Union, any foods that have artificial flavors or dyes or preservatives have has to have a warning label that that particular food can cause behavioral and attention problems in kids. You know, we don't have those kind of regulations in the States and we need those desperately because the parents knew that, you know, the, uh, you know, that blue colored Gatorade that their kid, you know, had at the soccer game Mm -hmm. is the reason why they're raging the next day or curled up, you know, sobbing all day long, or can't sit still in class on Monday, they wouldn't give it to them. But parents don't know enough, right? Because we're not letting that information get out. Um, You know, same thing with, you know, with eating organically, we want to try to eat as organically as possible. And people, you know, yes, I mean, I think that that natural mamas and holistic mamas and holistic parents, that's what we try to do. But there is, you know, there is a very clear reason why, you know, pesticides, especially Roundup, glyphosate is one of the leading contributors to this, this um, epidemic of chronic illness in our kids because glyphosate or Roundup, that alone is, it, it, originally it was patented as an antibiotic. And so, you know, we don't think of, you know, if we have a a non-organic food that we're giving our kids antibiotics, but on a certain level we are because we're shifting around that gut microbiome. And we know that the gut microbiome, all those great probiotics and the interactions with our genes and um, all of those gut bugs are going to educate and inform how our child's brain is working and how our child's immune system is working. And we, and when we disrupt that balance and have something called gut dysbiosis, that's one of the leading root causes for any chronic health concern. Um, so, and, you know, do I 100% feed my kids home-cooked meals that are 100% organic? Do we never go out to eat? Not at all, right? But this is where if you're trying to really, uh, it's what we do on the balance. So, if we can really practice that 8020 rule or that 90 ten rule and we're clean most of the time. Then there's few times where it's not in our hands or our kids are at their friend's house and we don't want to make, you know, a huge deal about it, or, you know, they're at the birthday party and, you know, we wanna let them have a little bit of the treats there. We don't have to worry that it's gonna set them back. Yes, um, I love
0: that because we have to live life and we too. you know, and then there's also the stress factor. And if you're introducing a ton of stress about all the food, then Then what damage is that doing? Because I love that. I think that that was so well said.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, that you know, and that's such a key point because so many parents are so stressed. Well, first of all, we're stressed as mamas about feeding our kids, right? That's our job, right? (laughs) To feed them and nourish them from the moment they're born, right? And that's stressful. Um, But then to add on top of that, the stress of, oh my gosh, I can't eat this and I can't eat that, right? We're we're creating this whole new, um, there's actually a defined eating disorder called orthorexia, where you have this fear of eating particular food groups. And that stress, I'd love that you said that because I want listeners to understand that that emotional and psychological stress creates just as much inflammation as any outside toxin that we can put into our bodies. So we need to, and, and food is a, an emotional issue enough, <laughs> you know, for a variety of reasons, right? Gosh, yes. And so, so we just need to make sure that when we are, you know, when we're thinking about what we're feeding our kids, we're really coming to it from a mindful place where we're just, we're doing the best we can. It doesn't have to be perfect. And we're going to, you know, let go of those times when it's not perfect, knowing that for the most part, we're keeping our kids as healthy as we can.
0: That That's so good. That's that's exactly, I think it's so on point because if we, we can put that stress not only on ourselves, but then we c- it can translate into our children as well. So finding the balance yeah. is so important.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, now the second step in in the book is just, is keeping out all the wrong stuff. And I I have a list of things to really think about. And I already mentioned the artificial flavors, preservatives and dyes. Um, but there are, you know, things like heavy metals that we're not really going to be aware of necessarily that could be found, um, in certain foods and certain, um, in certain, um, um, maybe in our drinking water, Mm -hmm. um, People are very aware, for the most part, that some of the larger fish, like tuna, can be high in mercury. Uh, but there are other heavy metals that we need to be aware of, like arsenic, found in most rice products, even uh, organic yeah. rice products. Right. And so, you know, as many of us are moving towards a gluten-free or a gluten-light diet for for health reasons, um, we are often then switching wheat and gluten grains for rice, 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 rice. Mm -hmm. And so that's not necessarily the best answer, right? Or if we're going dairy free, um, also, you know, for whatever reasons, especially health reasons, um, and inflammatory reasons, um, rice milk is often a substitute for many many parents, and so just being aware of the arsenic load uh, yeah. that could be found there, right? And so I, there are some.
0: Yeah, I read in the book also um, about how children are suffering from early puberty, thyroid dysfunction, and other hormonal. That's right. Problems. That to me is. It's crazy. And I know personally, I was put on birth control at like 15 after maybe two periods because, you know, and so thinking about that now, I'm like, I mean, I
1: just, I know the plastic and the
0: skincare and all of it. Um, man, it's, it's crazy. We talk a lot about on this podcast about beauty counter because Jess and I both use it and love it. And just, it's so important to think about what we put on our skin. And also another note that was new to me is the heavy metals. I didn't realize that there's heavy metals potentially in I knew about like mercury and fish, but then also in chicken and water and it's, it's everywhere.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, chicken, it's, you know, chicken, it, you know, if it's, if it's organic free range chicken, you don't have to worry about it. But if it's not, then chicken, most chicken, the way that they're raised are fed arsenic because Mm -hmm. arsenic is a great antibiotic. So it's going to kill infections that if you're in a cage, those infections spread like wildfire, Right. right? So we could inadvertently be also giving our kids an arsenic load. So again, not being crazy about, but just understanding these are potential sources. So let's, let's go into, you know, what we're buying at the grocery store with a little bit more of an educated, educated foundation.
0: And once you learn something like that, you can't unlearn it. So for me, now that I know that it's like, well, I'm never going to just eat conventionally raised chicken based on knowing what I know about how it's raised. And then same thing with fish. Like I'm going to buy the best of the best and the money is worth it knowing the, basically I'm just like investing in my health and my child's health. And to me, it's so worth it.
1: That's right. And, you know, I will say, once we started really focusing on eating home-cooked meals, mm-hmm. it's so much less expensive than yes. going out, mm-hmm. you know, 100%. and taking it out. I mean, even if you buy 100% organic, guaranteed, it is going to be more cost-effective to eat at home mm-hmm. and cook those home-cooked meals.
0: Yeah. And when you're buying the, the high-quality meats and you go for the fattier cuts... Sometimes, oftentimes they're less expensive, but you don't have to worry about the the junk and the fat That's and the right. fat is more satiating. So you actually eat less. And so I find for us personally, like we're really focusing on getting high quality fats in and we're mm-hmm. spending less money because those cuts are cheaper and we're eating less of it.
1: Yes. Yeah. And, you know, and just as an aside, I mean, fat should be one of one of the mainstays of our kids diets. Our kids don't get nearly enough healthy fats for the most part. Um, and, and our brains, our brain is composed of at least 50 to 60 percent fat. So we want those fats to be healthy fats. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, um, you know, really focusing on getting in more fat is is a great way to nourish our kids' brains.
0: Yeah. I love that makes me so happy because my kid, that's like, that's all she wants to eat. She'll eat some blueberries, <laughs> but mostly she, she, what she loves just like avocado and egg yolks and yeah. dark meat and red meat and like all the. I put, I'll yes. give her, sometimes she'll take a spoon of ghee. Like I'll, put ghee on the spoon to put in a pan and then I'll give her the spoon and she'll just lick it clean. I'm oh, like, I awesome. can totally
1: do that. <laughs> yeah,
0: me too. I love <laughs> Absolutely. it.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. And you know, and uh, you know, I'm glad that you mentioned uh, just reading about the hormone disruptors and the mm-hmm. thyroid issues that can result because so many, I, I'm going to bet that many, many, many of the mamas listening have had or have cur- or currently have Hashimoto's mm-hmm. or thyroid issues you know, either diagnosed during pregnancy or after pregnancy, I mean, Hashimoto's thyroiditis and hypothyroidism is rampant, especially among women. And, you know, we, I am seeing teenagers and young kids with thyroid dysfunction and sometimes even outright Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune thyroid issue, um, develop at younger and younger ages. So we really need to be aware of what's going on.
0: That breaks my heart. It really does. Because, yeah. I know especially it's, you know, women are already made out to think that periods are the worst thing in the world. And then, yeah. you know, now we have these young girls who now their cycle and their hormones, it's they're like at war with their body versus cherishing it and respecting it and loving it and for all that it is. And yep. that's just it's heartbreaking. So
1: yeah, anything we can absolutely.
0: do from the beginning. I, I just love that you're making this change. It's so awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, you know, the, the third piece of, of, you know, having healthy, happy kids is really nourishing and nurturing the gut brain connection. And I love talking about the gut brain connection. You know, and I talk to kids every single time they're in the office. I ask them about their poop. <laughs> you know, I ask them, you know, what does your poop look like? How often are you going? Do you have to push really hard? And, you know, a lot of times, of course, they'll start to giggle or, you know, really look at me like I'm crazy to for <laughs> wanting to talk about poop, right? Kids but I, I tell poop. kids, <laughs> listen, <laughs> poop, you, what your poop looks like and how often you're going tells me so much about how healthy your brain and your body is, right? And it's because, and I tell kids that your brain is actually, your gut is actually called your second brain probably should be the other way around because the gut is really the foundation of our brain. Um, but what most people don't realize is that probably upwards of, of 80 to 90% of all of our neurotransmitters like serotonin, right? That's our feel-good neurotransmitter. It helps us stay relaxed, helps us fall asleep, and also dopamine, which is our attention and focus and motivation neurotransmitter. The vast majority of that is made by our gut, right? And we've identified specific probiotics that help with that. And so if our gut isn't healthy, there's no way we're going to have enough serotonin to be able to manage stress appropriately um, or to be able to sleep well. And we're not going to have enough dopamine around to be able to pay attention to our teachers and sit still and, you know, and attend to our responsibilities. And so if your kids are having any issues with anxiety, depression, depression, um, attention problems, behavioral problems, you have to start with the gut, even though in the conventional world we're taught, well, that's in your brain, right? That's that's a neurologic issue. Um, but no, it really is a gut issue.
0: Yeah, that's that's awesome. And and um I, I find it interesting that you mentioned stress too, because our daughter has uh two SNPs for um MTHFR, and our doctor was like was telling us how important it is that we um reduce stress in her life, just as like as a lifestyle choice or habit. And so understanding the gut brain connection and how you can actually mitigate stress in life by having a healthy gut, I think is super important.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, when your gut is dysregulated, it, it can show up as, um, so many different symptoms, mm-hmm. right? I mean, all roads lead to the gut and you know, gut that your health starts in the gut, but then how it manifests is going to depend on each child's unique you know, family history and their genetic makeup and their environmental inputs, but it can show up as, you know, physical symptoms like itchy skin or hives, dark circles under the eyes, um, constipation, wheezing, but it can also show up as neurologic symptoms like anxiety or depression or sleep issues. Um, and so, you know, it, we, we, but we, it's like this vicious, cycle, your gut get disrupt, gets disrupted, you get feel more anxious, you can't manage stress, that builds up inflammation, which further disrupts your gut. So you have to break the cycle somewhere. And that's what functional medicine does, right? It really looks at how do you heal the gut using what's called a 5R approach.
0: I love it. Um, and do you, should we we maybe will leave the 5 Rs for them to read themselves when yeah, they get the yeah. ebook. <laughs> you guys <I> can't <laughs> even tell you how great this book is. I'm kind of looking through it right now as we talk. I've already read through it once. It's it basically kind of sums up how we're trying to raise our kids. So it's it yeah. is magic. Um,
1: and then you know, I also what I can what I can give to you in addition, I have a um, uh, a 5 R a little handout. Um, like an infographic on what the five R program is, because I know listeners are like, what is a five R? <laughs> so, I would love that. You know, <laughs> so yeah, so I'll I'll get that to you because it you know it's something that you know you do need some guidance from a pre- functional medicine practitioner if possible, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of ways that you can implement some of the five R steps on your own, yes. right? So just like quickly in a nutshell, the five R's are are removing anything that's irritating to your child's gut, mm-hmm. like irritating foods or abnormal gut bugs or, you know, even stress, right, or other toxins, then we're going to re-inoculate, get in all those good bugs, right, those good probiotics. We're going to replace with whatever's missing, like digestive enzyme. We're repairing that gut lining and the gut with awesome things like omega-3 essential fatty acids, your fish oils, um, and an amino acid called glutamine and zinc. And then the last piece, the rebalancing, restoring that body mind spirit connection is I think the most important piece and often the last block Mm -hmm. to completely healing your gut and keeping Keeping your gut healthy and keeping your child well.
0: And you know what? That's how I got my period back. (laughs) Was I? I did like all the things, right? I I ate all the right foods. I was supplementing. I was doing everything you could imagine. And then we just kind of quit life for a year and moved to a small town up in uh, the Olympic National Forest. And within six months or so, my period came back, and I was like, "Oh, I just needed to like slow down and rebalance my lifestyle and spend more time in the trees." And then, boom. So if we can teach kids that from such a young age and if they don't need like years to find it, I think that's so awesome.
1: Yes. So important. So
0: cool. Okay. That is beautiful. So the rebalancing, I think, is where I think a lot of us struggle with that because, you know, life is crazy. It's so busy and we're trying to squeeze everything in and there's practices and sports and we get the kids involved in activities and then there's school and then we got to get homework done and get food in the mouth and bath time and bedtime. And it's like, where is there time for balance? (laughs) So yeah. how do you find that balance? How do you, how do you, I, I know next, next step four is pretty awesome. Yeah, well,
1: that's, well, that is the, the fourth step, mm-hmm. right? Is we really have to make our lives and our kids' lives a priority, not what they're doing, but their lives as a whole, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I talked to parents about, you know, this SOS, this slowing down, really trying not to overschedule overscheduling we are, we're all over scheduled but you have to get good at saying no <laughs> you know and so and slowing down you know it means just being I mean when you slow down you get to spend more time with your kids right you get to really really put that phone down be with your kids talk to them and understand who they are they understand who you are so much better mm-hmm. um, the the oh spending outside time so many kids I'll ask them oh over the weekends, they have not stepped foot outside once because they're on their screens all day or they're hanging out with their friends or they're doing stuff around the house. They have to get outside and they have to get moving and exercising Mm -hmm. and they have to, if possible, be out in nature. Being out in nature and exercise is better than Prozac.
0: Hi friends, Laura here. I am so excited to announce that the Modern Mamas podcast has joined forces with Paleo Valley. If you've been following me for long, you know that I absolutely love and appreciate their products because they've been such an important part of my journey to health and then also now Evie's journey, especially with her first foods. Our absolute favorite in this household is the Grass-Fed Organ Complex. We also love the beef sticks and their brand new turkey sticks and take them with us basically everywhere we go on all of our trials. some other of our favorites include the organic super greens which are great for smoothie bowls or smoothies or just taking down the hatch right as they are we love the grass-fed non-denatured way the superfood bars which are loaded with collagen and um, i cannot wait to now try their new essential c complex don't miss out you can get an awesome deal just head to our show notes for the discount code and link and try them for yourself you will not be disappointed enjoy
1: Oh, right. God, yes. I mean, if you are you know, feeling worried or anxious at all or having stress, sometimes, I mean, you feel like the last thing in the world I have time for is to exercise or take a walk out in nature. But that is the most important thing you can do, because if you do that, you will feel less stressed and you will make more time for yourself. You will actually have more time because you're spending less time obsessing over how stressed you are. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah, that gives me the goosebumps. Right. I, I yeah. just I don't think there's anything more powerful than being outside, and and it's like we just think there's no time. But I love that you said the more time you spend outside, the more time you actually have. We all have the same yeah. amount of time in a day, right? It's that's we right. have the choice to decide how to spend it. So that's right.
1: That's um, I love right. that. Yeah, and then the the next S is sleep. Mm. We do. I mean, kids and adults chronically sleep deprived. And I am one of those people. And I will fully admit, it is really challenging for me to get myself to bed so that I get a full eight hours of sleep at night. So but and especially as mamas, right? Because what happens, whether you're, you know, working out of the house, or you're working in the house, you know, once your kids are asleep, you're like, Oh, my gosh, I can just put my feet up. And what do you want to do? You might want to catch up on some emails. You might want to watch a show. You might want to talk with your partner. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. And then before you know it, or you just might want to be by yourself. Right. And then before you know it, it's 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock midnight. Well, your kids aren't sleeping in just because you went to bed later. (laughs) Right. I mean, they're still getting up, you know, at five or six or seven. Right. So then you've just cut your your sleep time in half. And then what happens? You wake up in the morning, you're trying to get them out the door for school. And then you start screaming at them because they're not fast enough. Right. If you're well rested, you're not going to do that. Right. You can just move things along in a much more peaceful, calm way. But think about our kids. Our kids are chronically sleep deprived. So how then can we expect them to react calmly to a kid in their class who maybe bumped their homework off their desk. Mm -hmm. Right. Or is, you know, maybe, or, you know, expect them to be able to sit still and not wiggle their bodies because they just need to kind of get their, get their exhausted, tired, but wired energy out. Right.
0: I used to (laughs) teach, I taught high school English for two years and I would have kids, (laughs) I would see like emails coming in. I obviously I wouldn't see it till the next day, but I would have emails from students at 2am. Still finishing homework, and it, I, I know. And once I started seeing that as a pattern, I was like, "Forget it. I'm not giving you four chapters of reading in a night. We're going to read in class. I'm going to give you way less yep. homework." And all the kids started doing way better. And I was like, "No oh wonder. They just need to sleep." <laughs>
1: That's right. That's right. And you know, us. I mean, I just, I just was speaking to a teenage boy today. He's, he's going to be a junior, and I was floored. I mean, his school has been paying attention to the research, and th- they actually don't start school until eight thirty, and sometimes at nine <sighs> o'clock. Wow.
0: I mean, That's amazing.
1: So great. Do they right? keep them I mean,
0: a bunch later or are they shorten the school day?
1: No, because what they found when kids actually are well rested, they're gonna get the work done more mm-hmm. efficiently. So they do not have to extend the day. That's amazing. Right. I mean, it makes sense. And yeah. teachers are happier, kids are happier. <laughs> right? And and so and then the, the this happy idea, right? Mm-hmm. You know, this happy idea, what I tell parents is happiness is not something we give to kids. We don't make them happy by giving giving them things or taking them places, right? We, Our job as parents is to help children understand how to be resilient and find happiness, right? No matter what's going on in their lives. And we only do that if we are, allow our kids to experience stressors every once in a while, right? We don't, we cannot make their lives perfect. That actually is going to backfire and they're not going to understand how to handle stress later in life when they really need it. So we want these Frustrations to occur slowly and gradually, so they learn how to overcome those frustrations in a healthy way. Um, and you know, one of the books that I, I wish every single parent would read is by Julie Lithcott-Hames. It's called How to Raise an Adult. I mean, powerful, powerful book. She's a Stanford, was a Stanford dean of students who realized these Stanford freshmen were coming in, having no idea how to pick their classes, calling their moms on the phone, "What class do I take? You know, right. what should I do? You know, what?" <laughs> and really. Unprepared to be adults, right? But this is where, you know, when we're teaching our kids how to be mindful and you know practice stress reduction techniques, we need to understand how those how to do those as well as adults. Mm -hmm. And most practitioners, most doctors don't know how to do that because they're not doing it themselves. So you gotta practice what you preach and that way you make it easy. Right. So I have some concrete books that parents can read to kids to just practice that mindfulness. When when adults think about meditation. Most people think about, you know, sitting in lotus position with your eyes closed and just being still and having a totally blank mind. Right. And then you think, okay, there's no way my kid is going to do that. And probably not. Right. My kids aren't going to do that. <laughs> you know, but but mindfulness is just paying attention, right? Paying attention to what's going on around you and paying attention to how your body is experiencing that moment. And kids do that all the time if we allow them to have those moments. That's where, you know, slowing down is so important. And kids meditate all the time you know just telling a story is meditation for kids it transports them into this you know this you know fairy tale world where they can be in a place where they feel calm and happy and so you know there's lots of different ways that we can do that for kids but then if they really are, you know, dealing with worries and anxieties, um, having them learn what are called cognitive behavioral techniques is amazing. Uh, and one of my favorite ways to do that, if you don't have a good CBT practitioner near you, or you just, you know, they're not at the stage where they really, you know, need therapy or they're young. Um, there's a child psychologist who's a good friend of mine. Her name is Dawn Hubner, And she has a series of what to do guides for kids. One of my favorite ones is called what to do when you worry too much. And literally it's for kids to read and have these tools on hand, like, like thinking about what your worry box looks like. Um, and, and for older kids, she has a book called outsmarting worry. Uh, but when your kids are young, you can read it to them and practice them together. I practice some of the techniques myself that I've learned from her, right. And the what to do when you worry too much. It's great. We're That's gonna. Great. I'll
0: link to that in the show notes so people can get their hands on it. I never knew that App. existed. I'm super excited. Oh,
1: you're gonna love it. You're yeah. gonna, it's, it's so amazing. And then there's um, there are some apps which I, you know, I didn't put on on this page, I think because there's some apps that I just found out about relatively recently. And then some parents don't necessarily like to do screen time so close to bed. I definitely, you, you got to turn the blue lights off or wear those amber blocking glasses or have your night, that night mode on, <laughs> you know, if you're going to do this, but the, there's a breathe for kids app. That's an animated app that teaches kids how to breathe in a super fun way uh, because breath work is another way we can be mindful Um, So that's that's my go-to
0: personally is is the breath. If I can return to my breath, it like, it's amazing that the impact it has on my nervous system. And I just, I try and breathe before I eat and breathe when I get really stressed out. My husband knows I'm stressed if I just, if he all of a sudden hears me like from across the room taking big, deep, (laughs) slow breaths, he's like, oh, good on you. Cause he knows that
1: I'm like recentering. It's huge for me. That's right. And you know what? When your daughter sees you do that, mm-hmm. she's going to know, huh, when mommy gets stressed, it's not that mommy never gets stressed, right. but mommy knows you know, what to do to help herself, right? So you're modeling that. We want to model that. Like when we're about to lose it with our kids, right? Or maybe something super stressful happened at work or with a friend or whomever. We don't have to go to the other room and pretend like nothing's wrong. We can tell our kids, you know what? I am so stressed right now or I really feel like screaming at you right now. (laughs) So I'm going to go, you know, into my room. I'm going to have a moment to myself so I can breathe practice my meditation or whatever it is that, that you do to relax yourself and calm your mind. And then I'm going to come out and we're going to talk again. Yes, I love <laughs> so it. Then, right? So then they know, okay, it's okay. Everyone loses their cool sometimes and everyone feels like blowing a gasket sometimes. But when we're in that moment, we we can practice self-control walk away power and calm our minds.
0: (laughs) They learn from us. And if they think that we're quote unquote perfect, because we never show emotion or weakness, then they're going to think that they're less than. I love that. We can just be honest with them and tell them how we're feeling and show them how we can, deal with those feelings and listen to their feelings at the same time, then
1: that's right. Mm-hmm. That's so and then cool. when you use your breath work, I mean, how powerful is that? Because our breath work, when we just slow our breathing down, do that balloon breathing where we're, we're really uh, filling up our lungs, making your diaphragm, you know, um, sink down and having our bellies look like balloons filling up. First of all, it's incredible how many kids, when I talk to them about belly breathing, they can't do it. They just can't do it. Even at like six years of age or seven years of age, they're breathing with their shoulders, right? But when you slow your breathing down and you have those deep belly breaths, you're activating what's called your parasympathetic nervous system, right? Doing that before eating is so powerful. This is our rest and digest state where our body absorbs nutrients and our body heals. And unfortunately, most of us, kids included, are in a constant perpetual sympathetic or fight or flight state, where when our body's in a fight or flight state, we're not, even when we're eating, if we're eating and we're stressed, we're not optimally absorbing those nutrients, but we're also activating all these centers in our brain that are creating inflammation. Right. And so, you know, getting into that restful state is really important. And breath work is one of the fastest ways to do that.
0: I love it. I'm glad I'm on mute. Otherwise, our listeners would be sick of me saying, "Mm mm-hmm, (laughs) mm-hmm, because I'm over here like nodding my head. And I just, I think that it's so important and so overlooked. So I'm so glad that you're sharing this and uh, giving us your wisdom. So awesome. Well, thank you. So we have some listener questions, but honestly, I'm looking at them thinking, man, you've already definitely addressed a number of them. One thing that I think everyone, we got a lot of feedback on this same question, if you don't mind answering this one is, um, can you give us a rundown of what we should have in our natural medicine cabinets for prevention, immune boosting and treatment of common kiddo ailments? So she mentioned things like garlic, garlic ear oil, activated charcoal, et cetera. What do you think on that?
1: Oh, absolutely. So, you know, I talk a lot about really building up your natural medicines toolkit. And there are a variety of modalities that you can use and you do not have to use all of them. You know, I incorporate and I teach parents how to use homeopathic medicines, herbal medicines, acupressure points, essential oils, and of course, nutrition, right? To keep our kids healthy and also help them get better faster when they're sick. Uh, And so, you know, there are a variety, but if you are not comfortable with, I don't know, trying some acupressure points, but more comfortable with herbs, great. Um, If you have never used homeopathic medicines and you think you might want to try out some of the acupressure points and essential oils first, that's fine. Eventually, as you get through, you know, kind of getting comfortable with these different uh, holistic modalities, you'll find also what works best for your child because everyone is so different. Right. And I will say this is exactly why I created this online course called Everyday Holistic Pediatrics, because so many parents don't have a holistic pediatrician near them and are a little nervous about starting or, you know, want to make sure that they um, that they don't, you know, mess things up or or get their kids sicker. Right. And um, and so, you know, I want to make sure that people knew as a board-certified pediatrician, and as a mother, these are things that I use in my household every single day, and I recommend every single day to my patients. Um, you know, I, I guess we should also, you know, after we talk about what you should have at home, I can talk to you about, you know, when, uh, when it might be really prudent to call the doctor, because as I said, it's never either or. Now, for ear infections, I will say, I mean, that is one of the most um, incredible conditions that you can actually uh, use your, your toolkit, your natural medicine toolkit to avoid antibiotics, right? Why do I want to avoid antibiotics? Because antibiotics are the quick, one of the quickest ways to disrupt your gut microbiome, mm-hmm. right? And have that gut dysregulation and then something called leaky gut, which can then potentially make your kids more susceptible to having chronic illness. Um, and, you know, as an aside, antacid medications are unfortunately another way that kids easily uh, will develop that gut dysbiosis. And, and you know, we can talk a ton about, you know, how to help babies with reflux without resorting to antacids. But um, in terms of keeping our kids healthy, I'll point parents first to um, uh, my my Healthy Kids Happy Kids site because I have an article called The Top Ways to Boost Your Child's Immune System that goes through a ton of different things. But the three best immune boosters that I, especially in the winter months, um, are, am very consistent with for my children are omega-3 essential fatty acids, Vitamin D is essential and probiotics. There are certain strains of probiotics that have been found to reduce the frequency of colds and flus over the wintertime. So those are kind of the top three that you definitely want to have on hand. And then as far as when your kids are sick, right, you know, you want to have garlic ear oil. If your kids are prone to ear infections, absolutely. There's some amazing studies showing that garlic ear oil is actually more effective than amoxicillin for many ear infections, right, (laughs) and can reduce pain faster. Um, but, you know, for first aid, right, bumps, bruises, scrapes, I mean, what kid doesn't have a bumper bruise at least like 10 times a week, right? So Arnica is a homeopathic medicine that is amazing for helping to reabsorb that blood from a bruise, um, helping with sprains and aches, um, head bonks, Um reducing inflammation. So you can use that as homeopathic pellets or as a cream. I also love calendula cream that's, that's made from marigold calendula for any open cut or scrape. It's going to help prevent infections and also help with the wound healing to prevent scarring.
0: That's awesome. Cause I just got some of that at our local farmer's market. And oh, I've been using I using it. it. Yeah. Like on yeah. myself and on her and it's been, cause she's belly crawling. So she's gotten a few like scratches or rashes on her belly and it's,
1: it clears <laughs> up like immediately. So that's awesome. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. My kids knees were a mess when they started crawling. So <laughs>
0: that's yeah. Do you see, do yeah. you believe, do you see Arnica helping with teething at all?
1: It can, okay. it can, because Arnica is, you know, they call Arnica your, I mean, it's one of our homeopathic sort of anti-inflammatories. It helps anytime you have a feeling of achiness or as though you were bruised um, mm-hmm. or, um, you know, it, or, or an injured part, right? So when you're teething, what's happening is as the gum, as the tooth is pushing through your gum, it's literally, it's creating bruises, it's creating inflammation. So yeah, Arnica can help. Chamomilla is is the, one of the most common Homeopathic medicines for teething. Yeah, so we that would use be that. Enough. I right. love it.
0: The little drops yep. the homeopathic yep. drops and she loves yeah. it. She opens After. her mouth and like gobbles it up or sips it down. It's really funny. <laughs> cool. <laughs> and we'll link um, to all these things too.
1: Yeah. And then for colds and flus or fevers, there's um, gosh, there's so many things to have on hand. But the the thing that I would always have on hand is homeopathic oscillococcinum. Uh we're probably not seeing that too much right now at the front. Counter of Whole Foods because it's it's marketed as a flu medicine, but it's great for the start of any cold or flu. Um, elderberry syrup has great antiviral properties, so I have elderberry syrup and also something called Oomka, Umcka U M C K A Cold Care syrup um, that that's always I travel with it. Um, if you use essential oils, now there are some precautions with using essential oils in very young kids, but I use essential oils, even in infants, I just dilute a ton, um, or diffuse in the air and don't use it topically. But if you use doTERRA, there's, uh, their uh, they on guard blend or, um, young living has a thieves, essential oil blend. Um, I love the, um, Elizabeth van Buren blend, which is right. It's close to you. They're right in a, I think they're right in Santa Cruz, um, and uh, they have an immune blend, but essential oils can be really helpful in reducing aches and pains, and fevers and inflammation. So that too, if you go just go through my blog site, there's there is. Uh an article called, what's it called? Pediatrician approved natural remedies for the flu. So that will tell you what you can start with, right? Just to have on hand and and just play around with. I love um, essential oils also to use on acupressure points. And one of the, you know, best essential oils to keep on hand is lavender because of its anti-inflammatory effects and calming effects. So when your kids are sick, they have inflammation, but they're also anxious right and you're anxious right <laughs> so when you rub essential oils you know into their acupressure points it can help everyone and so a particular acupressure point to get really familiar with is called large intestine 4 and that's in the web space right between your index finger and your thumb and you can massage that point it's on the you know outside of your hand not the palm side And you can massage that point and just put a drop of lavender essential oil and massage that right into that point. So if you just Google large intestine four, you'll see exactly where that point is.
0: Cool. That's so awesome. I'm taking all the notes right now. (laughs) So we'll try and link to as much as this. And I'll find these articles on your page as well and link to all of this so you guys can have easy access to all of this information. And that kind of brings us, uh, we had another question about, you know, when to integrate Western medicine, I think we've talked a lot about that, but the one question that we did get was specific to Tylenol. Um, And Dr. Ben Lynch talked about this a little bit, but he didn't talk much about it. He just basically said, never, ever, ever, you or your baby. So I'm curious to hear your (laughs) thoughts.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm glad you asked that one because really this is a very, um, it is a very important concern. You know, Tylenol is given out like candy for a variety of reasons. You know, many, many pediatric offices still give Tylenol right before a vaccine, even if um, kids are completely fine. Um, now, the reason why, uh, you know, Dr. Lynch is saying no on Tylenol, well, I'm, I'm presuming, <laughs> this is why, um, but Tylenol or acetaminophen will reduce your levels of glutathione. Now, glutathione is a very, very, very important antioxidant that our body makes for detoxification and for immune system support. And many people, many parents give Tylenol. Why? For fevers, right? Now, when you give a fever reducer, and when there are studies looking at giving acetaminophen or Tylenol to kids with fevers when they have an illness, a viral illness, and studies have shown that reducing those fevers uh, when kids are sick actually prolongs the duration of your child's illness. So you're inadvertently keeping your kids sicker for a longer period of time, for a variety of reasons, I mean, the, the, we're we're postulating that when you deplete glutathione, glutathione helps to also kill those kill those viruses. So we're keeping them around a little bit longer. Um, when we have a fever, our, our body gets hot, right? But when our body gets hot, it slows down the viral particles or the bacterial particles and, so that our immune system can find them more efficiently and get rid of them more easily. And the other thing it does is it slows our kids down, right? That's so important. When, when our kids are sick, you know, the last thing we want them to do is run around and act, quote, normal, right? We want them to lay on the couch, read a book, you know, free reign to watch a movie on the TV, right? We want them to slow down so that they can rest and stay hydrated and get enough sleep to recover. So there are actually a lot of benefits to fever, but this is, and and that's where I don't recommend Tylenol necess, um, because of the glutathione effects. But even when our kids have a fever, I try to minimize the use of ibuprofen. I will, when kids are sick, prefer the use of ibuprofen, which is Advil or Motrin over Tylenol because ibuprofen does not deplete glutathione. But I talk to parents a lot about fever phobia and not being afraid of the fever. Fever is our body's natural response to fighting infections. It's what our body is trying to do to really kind of mobilize the forces, right? Get our kind of white blood cell army working and, you know, chomping away at those viral or bacterial particles, Um, And so if if our kids are hydrated, right, they're drinking enough water, so they're having urine output every maybe six to eight hours, and they're not completely miserable, and they can sleep, then I like to try to let the fever go. But in the meantime, this is where using our natural medicines, our herbs and homeopathy and our acupressure points can be so powerful in helping our kids not only feel better – but help their bodies work more efficiently to fight the infection. Because these natural medicines, they don't suppress the fever like Tylenol or Motrin. They they activate our body's, you know, natural abilities to fight the infection. So we actually are going to be sicker for less,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, less time and feel better faster.
0: You know, I listened to a podcast interview with you on, I can't even remember now whose podcast it was, um, but... I actually listened to it maybe a month before Evie got her first set of teeth and she had this fever. And mm-hmm. I remember because of what i had heard you say, and I knew she wasn't sick. I knew it was because of the teeth, but I was almost like proud of how hard her body was working yeah. instead of being so afraid of this fever. I was like, man, she is working so hard to have these teeth come through. And I saw the fever as a positive thing of like how mm-hmm. we're on the brink of this and she's working so hard and the teeth are going to come and, and then they did. And then she was okay. And so for me that I brought such peace and I've sent that podcast, I want to say it was, um, Mama.
1: Was it wellness mama? Yes, it was wellness yeah. mama.
0: So I'm going to, I'll link to that one in the show notes too. Great episode. You talked a lot about fever in that one. I feel like that was the main focus of that episode potentially. Even, you
1: know, and I talked a lot about earaches too. So yes. but anyone listening, mm-hmm. if your kids are prone to ear infections, I did talk a lot about that as well. Okay.
0: I'll link to that one. It was so good for me and, and I'm oh, glad I listened to it, you know, at that stage of motherhood because she, yes. that's the only fever she's ever had. And now I have this new kind of mindset going into fever. And I remember you saying something along the lines of pay more attention to their, symptoms and the way they're behaving than the number on the thermometer.
1: Absolutely. So key because kids run hot. I mean, kids routinely will get to 103, 104. An adult at 104 would feel like they were on, you know, on their deathbed, right? Right. I mean, they would just be miserable. But I see kids with 104 and they're walking in the office, they're talking to me, they're playing with toys. And then I measure them. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're 104, Right. right? So So then I don't worry. But if a child is 100.3 or 101 and they're moaning and not making good eye contact and they don't want to drink anything at all, I worry a lot more about that kid. So Mm -hmm. really, this is, again, getting back to um, our inner wisdom that we've really lost touch with, right? That inner voice, our, our mama gut, right? And really looking at our children and, and understanding when the red flags go off, no matter what the height of the fever, call the doctor. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if they're looking at you, you know, okay, they're okay, then trust that. Don't don't just go by the number on the thermometer.
0: It's so funny you say that because I was literally just having a conversation minutes before we jumped on with my friend who's dealing with some stuff um, with her hormones and her, you know, her health. And she's like, talking to all these doctors is making me trust my own body less. And I'm like, that is the problem is that Western medicine, oftentimes, not every doctor, obviously, but oftentimes we lose trust in our own body's innate ability to heal. And we end up at war with ourselves instead of, you know, cherishing and trusting our bodies to heal because that's, our bodies want to be in a healthy state. We just have to help Mm -hmm. support them to get there.
1: That's right. That, you know, that is so key. And, you know, I I really want parents listening to understand that, that Mm -hmm. our bodies are designed to do everything it can to stay healthy. (laughs) And it's just when we start throwing too much stuff at it that sometimes it gets overwhelmed, right? But if we can support our body's natural wisdom and really desire to be healthy, then, you know, our kids can do it. We just have to understand the factors that are going against yeah, you know, our, our, our modern lifestyle that's making it harder and minimize those factors.
0: Yeah. So well said. Well, on that note, let's, um, I, I, I've taken so much of your time. I know you need to see patients today. So, um, do you have any suggestions for people who aren't local, who, how they can find a pediatrician as wonderful as you, or maybe at least close <laughs> to?
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, um, there's a growing number mm-hmm. of pediatricians who are interested in integrative and holistic work. um, if you go to the Institute for Functional Medicine website, which is ifm.org, you can search for practitioners by your zip code, and then you can see of those practitioners who has taken the pediatric training. Now, the pediatric training is relatively new um, from, from uh, the Institute for Functional Medicine, so it may not be as complete a list. Or I'm sure there are other, other pediatricians and docs who work with kids um, who may not have taken that course, but are kind of grandfathered in because they've been doing it this whole time. Um, but that's probably one of the best ways to do that. Otherwise, unfortunately, there's not a huge, um, there's not a database pediatricians who are more integrative um, there should
0: be maybe some sh-
1: yeah there Add should that be that's do right <laughs> yeah I mean that's on my wish list because I, I know colleagues right in different areas that are doing more holistic work and and you know we just need to get their their names out there um, but the the problem that I find is that many pediatricians who start pursuing functional medicine, they don't do primary care yeah. anymore, or maybe they never did primary care and they're pediatric specialists, but um, it's really, it's that primary care that is so important, right? You know, getting yeah. kids before they're sick. And so that's my goal is for every pediatrician, even if they don't consider themselves, you know, natural or <laughs> holistic to really um, understand what true prevention means. Yes.
0: And our, Evie's pediatrician is a, a, actually a family practitioner. So she sees yes. she can see us too. And she has, and she's wonderful. Right. Um, I don't yep. know if you know Dr. Lana Larch, but oh, she's yes. here she's in Santa awesome. Cruz. Oh, yeah. So that's Evie's doctor. Right. And, yes. um, and, awesome. you know, and it, it's great. And uh, yeah, so I think one other thing you can do is just like word of mouth find like minded mamas and then ask them who their kids are seeing. And, and that way you can maybe find someone as well.
1: That's right. And Sally you know, unfortunately, her. sometimes it's just if if you're not lucky enough to have a pediatrician who is knowledgeable in supporting and recommending more natural therapies, at least finding one that's open to it, right? That you feel comfortable discussing what some of your mm-hmm. concerns are, what some of the things you'd like to try are, and they're not going to totally discount, um, your, your desires or, um, say, well, that's just all, you know, kind of witchcraft, and There's no evidence to it because that's absolutely not true. There's so much evidence to natural medicines. Mm -hmm. Um, so at least finding someone who you can work with as a team, even if they're not going to be able to provide, um, you know, all the recommendations. Mm -hmm. So that, that would be, I mean, one of the, the best recommendations. If you don't have a supportive pediatrician and you feel like you can't, um, discuss, what you're feeding your kids or what, you know, what Mm -hmm. herbs you're giving to them, then you need to find another pediatrician. I mean, that's not, I mean, this is, your pediatrician should be your partner, (laughs) right? In your child's health. Um, and you should never feel like you have to hide anything from your pediatrician. I mean, that breaks my heart when parents come to me and they, you know, they're, they're coming to our office because either they were kicked out by their pediatricians Mm -hmm. for whatever, you know, choices they made, or they feel like, you know, I can't, I'm, I just, Tell them, you know, we're doing everything that they want and I don't tell them all the other things I'm doing. Well mm-hmm. that's not that's not good care either. So no.
0: and then yeah. something could get missed along the line if you're not oh, there's not open lines of communication and, and all the whole story being told. I think that's so
1: That's important. right. That's right. You know, and I don't know if you are, Laura, on the Thriving Childs Community Facebook group, but that stemmed from um, the Thriving Childs Summit, where initially it was just going to be a group of um, parents who were listening to the summit where we can discuss all the interviews. But it's just, it, it was such an active group. I just kept it going. And it is phenomenal. I mean, we have parents from literally, like, I think at last count it was maybe, like, 48 countries all over the world wow. who are so dedicated to living a more holistic, natural, integrative lifestyle and, and supporting each other in that. So, you know, parents, if they have questions, they'll post and there's immediately, there's so many different responses. And it's been, it's been so um, kind of inspiring for me that there are family and I, and there are plenty of families who parents who come on and say, well, I just don't have anyone supportive in my community. So I'm so glad I found this group.
0: That's so cool. And um, can we can anyone join that? Can we link to it? Anyone, okay. anyone. Cool, I'll link um, to it's, that
1: too. It's, yeah, it's not a private group. It's closed, just so that you know. I ask some questions. I want to make sure that that yeah. the mamas and the papas and the grandparents. We have grandparents. We have practitioners who want to be part of our community. Understand that this is a place that is supports families, no matter what they choose, Mm -hmm. right? That there's not any judgment, (laughs) you know, whether you breastfed or formula fed or whatever your beliefs are on vaccines, this is not a place to judge, but to support and educate.
0: Yeah. And we have a Facebook group for the, for the modern mama's tribe, we call it, and it's just very similar. It's private, you have to request, and we kind of like do a little background because it's important that people have a safe space because social media can be so toxic sometimes. So it's nice. Oh to yeah,
1: absolutely. Know you can go
0: somewhere and have that safety. So that is awesome. Well, like, where can people find? You? I guess we already kind of mentioned it in your bio, but any last places people could maybe find you or um, thoughts before we sign off here?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I guess the best place to kind of keep up to date with whatever articles I write, and um, I've been doing um, a lot of really fun interviews lately. I, I did an interview on uh, on pans and pandas which is another whole topic for anxiety for our kids um, uh, um, interview on uh, natural approaches to attention problems and ADHD in kids <laughs> so you know if you're interested in, in hearing about those uh, the best way is probably to sign up for my newsletter on the Healthy Kids Happy Kids website I don't send out a ton of newsletters but really it's information that I want people to have I just sent out um, maybe a couple of weeks ago an article on what to do if your kids get a tick bite so, so as we head, as we head into the summer. So important. I mean, literally yesterday I had a family, they they came in with a bag and a tick running around after they pulled it out from their kid's neck. Nice. So we, we need to be aware that, you know, we're entering tick season, at least here, you know, in the Northern hemisphere and you know, on both coasts, no matter where you are in America or around the world, um, there are ticks. And we just have to be aware that if we can understand what to do immediately, we can prevent Lyme disease.
0: Awesome. So helpful. And if they sign up to get your free ebook, they will audit that. That signs them up, correct? Oh yeah. Totally. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yep. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for being here. We are so, so grateful. Um, guys, you now you know, go find Elisa and go find all of her information because it is invaluable. We barely scratched the surface, but there's so much more out there that she's put out in the world. Um, you can email us at modernmamaspodcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at laura.com. Radical Roots and Jess at just dot hold the space and please if you like this episode subscribe rate review we're so grateful to have you as a part of this tribe and Alisa thank you so so much for coming on we are so grateful for your time
1: oh yeah thank you so much all for right. having me it was and great. hopefully our
0: paths can cross in person soon we're not that far apart from each other Absolutely. I would love that I know <laughs> <The> neighbors <laughs> awesome all right well enjoy your afternoon and we will talk to you soon thank you
1: thanks for listening to our podcast see you next time.